Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast. Sorry, I do so many intros on my platforms, I forgot where I was. Um, the podcast, of course, where we love, live, and of, work, of course, work with dogs. I'm Tom Davis, America's canine educator. Uh, I don't know if I said that or not, but I'm kind of spacey today. I drink a lot of coffee. How you guys doing? Cool. So I just made a podcast earlier today, uh, earlier this morning, right before this, about should you board and train your dog. This second segment I broke into two different pieces. This is for the dog trainers or the people who are professionally working with dogs that are kind trying to decide if they should start a boarding train program for themselves. So if you're doing a little bit of dog training on the side or you're doing uh, if you have a facility or if you're doing in-homes and you're contemplating opening up uh, a boarding train program uh, for your business, I will kind of go over the pros and cons to that and give you hopefully any information to help you in the future. Uh, so I will tell you that the boarding train is definitely uh, one of the most, uh, in, I guess, impactful service that we offer because it's so uh, dramatic uh, as far as the changes that you see in the dog and the owners are really happy in those, those cases. Um, however, it is a lot of work and responsibility. So I would say if you're if you're home uh, and you're and you're thinking about um, doing the board and train program, these are some things you have to consider. Will it cause you more stressed? Stressed? Not not with a T. Will it cause you more stress as 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 in your home? Like for me, I got a facility because I needed sanction. Like I. I needed a, a place for me to separate myself from the business. When I was doing in-homes, that was really rewarding because I, as soon as I walked out of the person's house, it was done and over with. But I ran out of time. I ran out of environments. I ran out of places to work. And I had more people on my waiting list than I could handle. And so that's why I got a facility. Is because, so, I, so anyway, so I, I'm not going to get into too much of like the jump between the facility and, and the um, and the uh, the 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 in-home stuff, but maybe I will in the future. If it's something you guys want to listen to, direct message me on Instagram at Tom Davis and I'll do it. Um, or any of your show show requests, I can do that. Because um, pretty much, guys, when I set this up, it's just out of nowhere. I just set it up because I have an idea and I do it and I post it for you guys because I hope it brings value to you. Um, but uh, anyway, so that, that was the big thing for me is I knew that uh, if you have a, a steady... Um, uh, clientele base that people are waiting for you and they will wait for you and whatever, then I would honestly like stick to doing in-homes because sometimes you can make a lot more money doing that than jumping into the big picture because you're not business savvy enough to run an entire facility. If you get like a little, if you get like a little, um, rented garage like I did back in the day, um, without anything else, you may be good. But anyway, so just balance that out, but I'm not going to talk about too much of that today. I just want to talk about the benefits of board and train. So if you're doing that at home, uh, again, like your business is now in your living room or your garage or your basement, which for me, I could never do because I need some, because I'm, I go so hard in the freaking paint that, and, and even right now, like I'm in my, I'm in my house, like doing this. So I, I never stopped working. And if I had dogs in my house, I would literally never be able to step away. And that to me is very important to be able to unplug. If it's something that um, you don't mind doing, just a couple dogs here and there, um, just so, so weigh that out, that the insurance policy will probably change if you start doing that. You'll have to check with your insurance carrier. Uh, and then you will never be able to unplug. Like 
think about it. Like the, the puppy that you bring in, the dog that you bring in, the anxious dog, like they're going to be whining in your house somewhere. Um, it could stress your, it will stress your other dogs out. It'll probably stress you out. But if it's, if it's worth it for you and you can deal with that, then do it because it's less overhead than having a facility, um, and things like that. Um, but anyway, so the other thing is, is when you're doing board and trains, there's a lot of stuff that you can get done privately that you don't have to do a board and train. But of course, the board and train is a harder reset. It's probably more lucrative financially. Uh, so that's a plus. But I would just say weighing the options out of having the stress of having the dog in your house or just saying, hey, why don't you sign up for my package where I work with your dog for like five sessions. It'll be a lot less stressful. I won't make as much money, but the money definitely doesn't uh, balance out the stress of bringing the dog into your house. So those are a couple of things to immediately think about. Um, but I think it is important to make sure that um, as a dog trainer, when you open up that can of worms, if you will, of, okay, I'm doing board and trains. Um, you know, for me, like, where where, you're, where are you going to do pickup? You have to have some sort of, like, office space or area that you can have your clients come to. Um, you have to have a home that is presentable to some of your clients depending on your market like for me again like and that's the difference you have to audit yourself and when I say audit yourself if you lie about who you are and the clients that you're dealing with on what level they're at the only person that you're going to be hurting in that situation is yourself so don't think in your head what you want versus reality because at some point you can get to that point or you will get to that point um, don't get me wrong, and, and, and I'm not being discouraging, but like if you lie to yourself and saying, well, I'm working with all of these people, and I need a fancy, fancy, expensive place for them to come. Well, if that's the case, then do it. But if it's really not the case, and you're dealing primarily with local pet people, and you could probably get away with having people into your living room with a lit candle and a notepad, then do that. But don't lie to yourself, because that's where you will fail, and you will get in over your head because it's anyway so audit yourself be truthful and don't lie because um, just to give you an example and I think that that's what this podcast is really about is to be real with you guys and I created this for an outlet for me to help you guys on a different level where you can listen to me and hopefully become I just want this to be motivated and inspiring and 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 um, I'm very mindful about the approach that I take to this um, I, I never try to do things and say things that aren't real and um, that don't mean anything to me. I'm really trying to be honest as possible. And so for your board and train program, again, like for me, I had people traveling all over. And then I would have people that said, hey, I want to send my dog to you. I live in New York City. I want to send my dog. I'm like, I don't have that space. I just don't have it fit out. So that's where I tried like that's where I even got a facility but then even when I did get a facility I didn't offer board and trains I just knew it was a step in that direction so when I started having people come to my like okay let me rewind when I decided to 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 get a facility was when people were asking for services that I didn't have on the menu so if you go into a restaurant you constantly do you have this type of whatever and they and you have like 10 people every day asking for it 
you would be silly as a business owner not to put it on the dang menu. So that's kind of what it was for me. That was the jump for me. And maybe I'll talk about that in a different podcast of having that jump between the, the, the in-homes versus getting your facility. Um, but that's what it was for me is they, uh, I want to bring my dog to you. I want to bring my dog to you. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm not set up for that. And so I didn't make the immediate jump to have a boarding spot. I made the jump to just have a facility in general to see how many people would actually come to me. And it was a lot. And so that's where I made the decision to get even a bigger facility about a year later. So the jump uh, is is pretty big, and for me it was scary as, as all ever. Um, so just make sure that you're auditing yourself and you actually know your, your clientele and your market and things like that. Um, but again, having that board and train program, yes, it could make you money. I started off doing one week's, got rid of that immediately, wasn't beneficial. Now I'm thinking about getting rid of my two weeks and, and basically only doing like a three and a four week uh, just because I, I want more time with the dogs. I want more progression. I want more uh, dramatic uh, progress. And so you got to decide how many weeks you're going to do. I would highly suggest not doing anything less than, than two weeks. Even then, I know people who don't do anything less than four weeks. So it just depends on what you're dealing with. Again, if somebody gave you a dog that they want fully trained, you know, you just have to figure out what you're, what you're doing. If you're just doing pet stuff, you can probably get away with a two-week. But if you're doing behavioral stuff, competitive stuff, off-leash stuff, you're really going to want to consider only doing a bigger package, like a three- or a four-week. Um, and then, again, making sure that you have a safe place to get these dogs. So making sure that your area that you're boarding these dogs in, if it is in your home, that is safe. It's, it's, it's manageable for you and your lifestyle and what you do. Uh, and then making sure that you have enough space so don't bite off more than you can chew because there's nothing worse than basically taking in all these clients and not having any room and then not having enough time. And that's why, like, for me, uh, uh, you know, I have two other full-time trainers that are there Monday through Saturday training all day. You know, even when I'm doing this podcast right now, my boarding trains are getting trained. So I don't bite off more than I can chew um, but I also have employees to full-time employees to help me do these things. Um, so that's, of course, I, I don't want you to take that the wrong way. I'm not being pompous by any means and, and flexing. I'm just saying, like, don't bite off more than you can chew because you can become very overwhelmed. And all you have to do is mess up once with that one client that knows everybody or gives you that really bad review. Or just like for me, it's it's like I lose sleep over people not being happy about my work if they are. And it happens, you know, because maybe they didn't know the expectations or maybe they didn't know the outcome. Um, and that's, you know, something that's very important with your board and train program. Like when people come in, I'm like, look, this is what's going on. This is what to expect. This is your job. This is my job. You know, when you when you go home with your dog, you have to do A, B, and C. And if you don't, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. Uh, as I talked about in the previous podcast about should you board and train your dog, like I won't do potty training or I won't do... I don't know, silly things like that. Like, I just won't do. It's just, no, that's not my job. Your job, my job is to help you with your dog relationship-wise and and training-wise. And potty training to me is just, don't be lazy. <laughs> like, you know, I, I said that before in my other one, but if your dog eats and drinks, you have to pee and poop. I, I don't want to babysit your dog. I want to I train your dog. I want to work with your dog. Um, so anyway, you know, things like that. So you guys have to just audit as a dog trainer and as a facility, like, I don't know, that might be too much. I might just stick to in-homes. Because um, what I like to do in a business, and my business model was always, I need to be so 
packed with this service or so asked about this service or I need to have like a four week waiting list before I offer it. Um, that was really big for me. Like, so, so maybe just when you get a bunch of people asking if you'll board and train, then consider board and training. Um, but at the same time, if you have, um, if you have an in-home service, that's the benefit of if you offer it and nobody comes, you're not going to lose anything. But don't get a facility and then offer board and train if people aren't asking for it yet because then you might lose your shirt because people have to know about you. I know when we first started off our board and train program, we immediately had out of, out of country. We had we had clients coming in from Canada and we had we had a full roster of board and trains. And then we had a span where kind of slowed down for like four months. And then after that, we've been busy as hell with it ever since. Um, we could probably shut down the entire business altogether and just have the board and trains um, and run a successful business with it. And again, I'm, I'm being real with you guys. That's what this podcast is about. Um, so I'm just saying that for the reality of, of what's going on, the amount of board and trains that we get in are huge. Um, and so for an example, with three full-time trainers um, on on top of our other staff, so we have we have e- we have evening staff who let the dogs out in the evening and do cleaning, and then we have weekend staff. Um, so on top of the full-time trainers with our other staff, I'll only take like five dogs at the absolute max. Um, I really my sweet spot is four dogs. Um, I think that that's like a really good area for us, so we can really concentrate on the quality of dogs. So that's important too. If you're your own show and all your, you know, and again, it just like depends on what you're doing. Like I have so many hats because I have nine full-time employees plus, you know, business and social media and, you know, all these different things. So I can't just train. My trainers can just train. They go in there and they train. So they they get more working with the dog than I do. Um, But if that's the type of business you have right now where you wake up and train and you really, you know, maybe you do emails on the evenings or whatever and you kind of can delegate that stuff and you're not busy doing other things you may be able to take on other dogs but just I think that I think the moral of the story is is just audit who you are and the type of business you are and I'm not discouraging anybody in saying that you're not um, successful if, if you're not doing some of these things I'm just saying like you're going to get to that point hopefully or maybe you don't want to or whatever but just don't don't try to set up your business for what you want in the future Set up your business for where you're at in reality. <clears throat> that's a good one. I should write that down. But I mean that sincerely because that's how businesses fail, guys. Like, that's exactly it. You put on your Instagram that you're a canine handler, you're a dog trainer, uh, established 2019, boom. And and you're, you offer board and train, behavior modification, and off-leash training. And you've done none of those things. And you haven't been set up for those things. And, you, you know, once you – because here's the thing is there's more than enough dogs to go around. Nobody's really competing with anybody, and I don't care if you're next door. If you offer these things and somebody sends, because then you get overwhelmed with uh, whatever, and somebody sends you three dogs and you're, you're overwhelmed and you do a bad job, you're in the hole. You're automatically off to a bad start, both mentally and with your business. And, and bad news travels way faster than good news. So if you don't do a great job after people just spent all this money on you, then... That's not good, and that's how businesses fail. Um, so just make sure that you're really starting off with what you're comfortable with. Take your time. Be slow in uh, those sorts of things. So I think that uh, you know the benefits of having the board and train in a facility uh, out of your 
without doing it in your home. Uh, so if you have a facility or you're thinking about a facility, is is you have to think of all the stuff that you'll need. Again, different insurance policies, cameras. Uh, you might need to hire somebody, uh, which is extremely, extremely. I can't. I I won't even throw out the number of how much we spend in taxes alone just to have employees. It would blow your uh, your ever loving mind. Like a lot of money, a lot of money just to have just to have them. Not in, not including pay them. So, you know, these types of things may happen where. If you had just them in your house, you can limit some of the stuff, but you can take on less dogs, but the quality of the work's better, etc. So those are some things I would weigh out if you're thinking about starting the board and train program within your dog training business. Um, you know, just to give you a, a head start. Because I know for me, like, if I if I think of, like, these little niche things of, I wonder if there's a podcast on, should I start a, do- a boarding business, or should I do a board and train within my dog training business or whatever? I mean, this podcast would be super helpful because it's like, oh, I never thought of that. Or, yeah, I thought about all that stuff, but it sounds good coming from somebody else. So anyway, um, I think I'll end it there on that. So if you haven't yet, follow me on Instagram at Tom Davis and you can follow my business, which I don't manage. So a lot of people think that when they message that, which is totally fine. I guess it's like a whatever. Uh, that's totally cool. Um, but my, my staff manages all the other social media. So the Facebook, uh, the email and the upstate canine Academy Instagram is more of like our daycare and our other training and our other trainers, um, which is awesome. You should follow them at upstate canine Academy, or you can follow us on Facebook at uh, America's canine educator. I just hit 30,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is if anybody if you for two things really quick i'm very proud of that and i thank you all who have subscribed uh, if you have if you haven't yet and you're listening to this go to youtube type in upstate canine academy subscribe to my channel uh that's how you can support me um and i give more importantly i give hundreds of free videos and tips and safety on dog training tutorials and know-how and all that stuff on there um but anyway, 30,000 subscribers is gigantic for a YouTube channel. Um, 1% of YouTubers have over 1,000 subscribers. 1% of the population, which there's millions and billions of YouTubers, 1% gets over 1,000. We just hit 30,000. So thank you so freaking much for that. That is extremely, extremely um just goal shattering for me. I really do appreciate. Uh, I'm heading to Nebraska O'Neill to do a five day or four day uh, workshop tomorrow. So there'll be a lot of footage on that. So anyway, so check out my YouTube, check out my Instagram. I appreciate you guys following along and listening to me talk about dog stuff. I'm Tom Davis signing out for the No Bad Dogs podcast. Peace.